Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Officials are still searching, still searching for answers after a Eastern Airlines flight, the China Eastern Airlines flight with 132 people on board who crashed earlier this week and died. There were there have been no survivors. I don't know how you would survive that. The plane was a Boeing 737-800 and had flown for around seven years. We talked about that when the crash first happened. And we, you know, we all saw the video of it nosediving. But the story of what they're saying, uh, how it happened, oh my gosh, is almost even worse than what you had thought about how horrific it would be for the people on the flight. Because it says here the plane was cruising at an altitude of 29,000 feet when it suddenly nosedived, losing 26,000 feet in one and a half minutes. So you're already out of your mind scared going straight down, right? If you're on the flight, one of those 132 people. Then uh, it uh, began kind of interrupted and went back to a brief climb. So you've caught your breath just a little bit. You're like, oh. Oh my God, we're going to survive. Nope. Then it plummeted again, straight down. Oh my gosh, that is horrific. I do not wish that on anyone. Aviation experts, baffled. They, you know, just don't know what happened. According to Boeing, 13% of fatal airplane accidents occur during the cruising stage and only 3% happened during initial descent. And the airplane, the 737-800, is designed so it won't dive at steep angles. Uh Uh-huh. Barring highly unusual malfunctions or an intense effort by a pilot. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, now they're kind of throwing a little, little shade on the pilot. Crashes are never caused by one thing. And a damaged black box flight recorder was removed from the crash site. But the process of analyzing plane crashes can take months or even years to complete. So we may never know what the cause of this crash was. But just, I mean, as bad as, you know, straight down nosedive from 29,000 feet. At that 26,000 feet, you know, you've dropped 26,000 feet. So you're, 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 you're already out of your mind thinking that it's over. And then... It gets a little, it stops and starts to climb a little bit. And you're like, oh, and then right back again. Oh, man, that uh, I just, I would go on record. I'm going to throw this out there. That is not good. (laughs) You can quote me on that. That is not good. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I feel like it was last year when the military, at least the army, eased its rules for women's hair. Uh, You know, which is, I guess, since they're increasingly dependent on female soldiers, they issued new regulations that allow women to wear lipstick and no longer limits their hair to a tight, disciplined bun. Well, then I see the story where after three years of complaints and debate, the Army has scrapped its move to have physical fitness test that is gender and age neutral and will now allow women and older soldiers to pass while meeting some reduced standards. 
So I guess there was a big study by the RAND Research Organization confirmed that men were passing the new six-event fitness test at a much higher rate than women and that older soldiers were also struggling with their scores in the expanded, more difficult test developed a couple years ago, back in 2019. So I guess it doesn't affect, uh, it's only going to affect the regular fitness test that soldiers take annually, qualifying for certain army jobs. But uh, if you're a ranger or a more demanding combat position, regardless of age or gender, you still have to pass the same fitness test and standards. That's good. Uh, so they revamped the test, like I said, in 2019 with uh, going from three events, push-ups, sit-ups, and a run, to the more difficult and complicated combination of six events. Deadlift, power throw, push-ups, plank, run, and a combination sprint, drag, carry, a leg tuck was included early, but that was eliminated right away. So, I mean, that test was met with widespread criticism as women and older soldiers, including some senior positions, couldn't do it. So, I'm not real. I mean, I, as long as our top-notch rangers uh, and seals are all doing the same thing, then it doesn't. I don't know that it really matters as long as you're in shape. And passing the fitness test. I do like how they're, you know, separating men and women still. I mean, we have a Supreme Court nominee that can't give you the definition of a woman. So I'd be interested to see what the Army's definition, what the military's definition in today's world is of a woman. Because I know that according to, you know, Wikipedia, that a woman is an adult female human. Oh, Okay. Uh, prior to adulthood, you might want to screenshot that because that's probably going to change. Um, of prior to adulthood, a female human is referred to as a girl. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, typically, women have two X chromosomes that are capable of pregnancy and giving birth from puberty until menopause. Female anatomy is distinguished from male anatomy by the female reproductive system which includes the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, the uterus, the vagina, and the vulva. The adult female pelvis is wider, the hips broader, and the breasts larger than that of adult males. Women have significantly less facial and other body hair and have a higher body fat composition and are on average shorter and less muscular than men. Huh. Huh. Now, trans women, this is still according to Wikipedia, trans women develop a gender identity that does not align with their male sex assignment at birth, while intersex women may have sex characteristics that do not fit typical notions of female biology. You would think, you would think that a nominee for the Supreme Court would at least give you the basics of what a woman is, right? But no, she can't do that. And you would think I'm really interested to see in today's world what the military defines as a female. We've had plenty of issues around Rachel Levine or Levin, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, they have been blasting. They censored uh, the Babylon Bee, which is a, uh, you know, satirical Twitter account. But that doesn't matter anymore. And they got rid of uh, his personal Twitter account for that, which is just insane. Uh, I'm sorry. I know that uh, Rachel Levin has gone through all the surgeries and, you know, technically, I guess, is, is a female. Uh, technically, no, not I guess, is a female. And, you know, started off as a male. But 
I have talked about it before on the show. If you're going through all the surgeries, then you know what? You're a woman. Fine. You are. If you haven't gone through the surgeries, then it's just how you identify. Then you're not really whatever you're identifying as. You can identify as whatever you want. That doesn't make it so. But I know that they were in trouble for calling, you know, a man is a woman of the year. So I, did Rachel actually uh, win the USA Woman of the Year? Or was uh, she just nominated? Oh, she was just one of its women of the year. Okay. So <laughs> congratulations to Rachel Levin, by the way. I don't know that I ever sent out a congratulations to Dr. Rachel Levin, the uh, former Pennsylvania Secretary of Health and now the Assistant Health Secretary of the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Congratulations on both your appointment to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and as being uh, one of the uh, women of the year, thanks to USA Today. <laughs> if you think these sites are on your side, man, you are so sorry. I mean, it's you're wrong. You're wrong, wrong, wrong. I mean, we can't... You have uh, uh, Sydney. What's her face from You Are Here? Yeah, Sydney Watson. <laughs> they do you are here on uh, the blaze here with elijah schaefer and uh, sydney watson and she has been kicked off her patreon account because of her beliefs on other accounts she patreon said yeah no um any activity taking place outside the platform and that we don't like yeah we can pull the plug on your patreon account too oh okay well thank you and we've decided that we don't like what what you what you do. So take care. Good luck. God bless. Twitter, same thing. They all are the same. They're all agonizing now. And I don't know how we shut it down. I really don't. And I am con- considering. Okay, I am considering getting a TikTok. <laughs> don't don't re- don't re- don't quote me on that. But I am considering getting a TikTok account. I think I'm going to go ahead and give in. I know, I don't want to, but the world is on TikTok now. And so I feel like I need to be on there. I mean, I saw where Instagram, which I'm spending a lot more time on Instagram too, by the way. I was thinking about that the other day. I mean, I, I like Twitter and I have a lot of followers on Twitter. I have a lot of followers on Facebook, on my Jeff Fisher radio account. But I just, uh, you know, I'm spending more time on my Instagram account and I see where they have now... Uh, added uh two new modes where one you can view a time-oriented feed or an algorithmically sorted feed okay so i can now toggle i've got to check this out now i can now toggle between following mode which only shows posts from accounts they follow in reverse chronological order and favorites mode a secret feed of up to about 50 accounts users can select manually. You can switch these views by clicking the drop down uh, next to the Instagram logo. All right now, but every time you close the app and open it again, you'll be pushed back to the standard home feed full of uh, the juice influencers and uh, you know whatever, whatever Instagram account algorithm thinks you want to see. So there you go. So additionally, you can only view stories in the home feed. Oh, what's that now? So you can only view stories in the home feed. Interesting. Instagram has been 
you know, they've been saying they were going to do this for a while. And so we'll see. I, it's just their way of saying, what? Uh, we're letting you f- see who you follow. We're not doing anything. We're giving you the opportunity, you know, to see who you follow. Isn't that what you wanted? Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. We're still going to be able to, you know, show you what we want to show you if you're in this feed. But we're giving you the, we're giving you the option. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Wow. Uh, Habitat for Humanity probably uh, smiles today as uh, Mackenzie Scott, you know, ex of Jeff Bezos, the now known as the billionaire philanthropist, Mackenzie Scott, not Jeff Bezos. Uh, she donated $436 million to the Habitat for Humanity. Man, that must be nice to be them today. And good for them. Uh, it's the biggest public donation that she has made since she pledged to give away most of her wealth. Oh, all right. Well, that's good. Uh, most, Nearly 90% of the recipients of her donations, um, this was the biggest. So she, I mean, she's given people, she goes through, uh, she goes through a few millions here and there given to different, uh, charities. Um, uh, Mackenzie, I'd just like to remind you of the Chewing the Fat Jeff Fisher charity. Uh, anytime you're in the mood, I, I'm happy for you to, uh, philanthropize. Is that a word? Yeah, you can philanthropize over this way. <laughs> I would, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. A big fan. So good luck. Smiles at the old Habitat for Humanity. I see where Bill Gates is uh, in trouble. He's got the neighborhood all wound up down in San Diego. So he and uh, Melinda bought a place down in San Diego, an oceanfront property, for $43 million before they got divorced. Bill's keeping it. All right. So uh, the people in the neighborhood now are pissed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because the place that they that he bought with Melinda for forty three million had three and a half baths, five thousand eight hundred square feet, has been torn down. Yeah, they tore it down. Ah, that's a dump. We can't. That's a. I can't even bear to stand to look at it. Now maybe he's doing that because it, he bought it with Melinda and he's starting over. I don't know, but they've knocked it down, and uh, people in the neighborhood are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I'm kind of on Bill Gates' side here. Tough. Get over it. So I guess he stopped by a couple times, and this story is, you know, I mean, he stopped by with his bulletproof suburban security details to check on the project. Yeah, that's what he does. Get over it. This is a nuisance. All these disruptions in our neighborhood. They make a lot of noise. My baby can't sleep. Became a real hindrance for the whole neighborhood tough get over it they work during the day maybe your kids should be up anyway all right so now the new place is six thousand square feet the pictures look like it's gonna be i mean hello there's no spared no expense i'm sure on all of this stuff when you look at what it's going what how it's going (laughs) uh looks like it's gonna be a pretty sweet place on the beach in san diego so I love the fact that they spent forty three million on the place. Yeah, tear it down. Ah, um, 
I can't, I can't even look at that place anymore. Just tear it down. So it has 24-hour security guards. Keep an eye on the property while it's under construction. It's supposed to be completed by August. We'll see, depending on, uh, you know, the changes going on. And I can see where it's a nightmare for the neighborhood. I mean, with the construction crews coming in and out, and it's all fenced off, and it's right there on the beach, though. What a what a beautiful place. I don't know that it's worth $43 million, but apparently if you can get $43 million, it's worth $43 million. I'll be interested to see where it ends up. Uh, uh, for the houses of the hoity-toity, we'll see where it definitely ends up as it's got the 120 feet of ocean frontage. Uh, it looks beautiful. So I'm sure that the 6,000 square feet are going to have some really sweet amenities. And you can do that when you're worth, I don't know, 130-some-odd billion dollars. Speaking of houses of the hoity-toity, this is actually yachts of the hoity-toity. Have we confiscated uh, the Vladimir Putin yacht, the uh, super yacht uh, Scheherazade? It's supposed to be, you know, I don't know, about a billion dollars. Uh, it's parked in Italy. Uh, it looks pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Bezos is going to have to do some doing. I don't think, I think this beats Bezos's yacht. Actually, we'll see. But, I mean, I guess it's got uh, bathrooms outfitted with King Midas evoking gold taps and toilet paper holders. A tile dance floor that converts into a pool. Uh, It's one of only two ships in the world, or thought to be only uh, two ships in the world that uh, feature the uh, dance floor that converts into a pool. And the second one is also a Putin yacht called Graceful. Have we confiscated these yet? We've confiscated all the other oligarchs. So, according to this, it has uh, some personal touches. A judo room with framed pictures of black belts plus various books showcasing, uh, you know, Putin's wealth. Every surface is either marble or gold. It's kind of sweet. (laughs) Sure, the, uh, the people in my country are starving and I'm bombing another country, but so. Uh, It's got... uh, it's pretty sweet. I mean, I could, I could be there and be happy with Shirazazad. Shir, here's a Shiraza. What's the name of it? Shahrazad. That's what I said. Shahrazad. Uh, I could deal with it. Uh, I know that uh, it's got uh, two helipads and a hangar that can house a helicopter, six jet skis, five dinghies. Eight Seabob underwater scooters, and it can turn into an aircraft carrier uh, where it can shoot down drones as well with the uh, battleship uh, state of the art security system. And nice. Now it's docked, so it's not going anywhere. Uh, looks pretty sweet, though. Uh, looks really, really sweet. And uh, I think Jeff Bezos is going to be a little bit jealous. Just a tad bit jealous. This came to light because Nelvaney talked about this. You remember Nelvaney. Alexi, or Alexi Nelvaney. Uh, he brought it to light claiming uh, a while ago that some of the crew members worked for the Federal Security Service, which handles Russia's leader's security. Okay. Well, Alexei Nelvaney. Uh, is still in jail, and a Russian court just convicted him uh, for some more time. Sentenced him to nine years in maximum security 
prison. He's been a huge outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin. I'm sure that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that he's still alive, to be honest. Like, I, I find it really hard to believe that he's still alive. But, uh, I mean, he was already serving a two-and-a-half-year sentence, right, for a parole violation that Putin said he didn't have anything to do with. Uh-huh. But uh, there's been a big-time uh, pushback on his supporters and other activist groups <laughs> uh, that uh, Vladimir has labeled extremist and terrorist. So now the new sentence is related to charges of embezzling money that he and his anti-corruption foundation raised over the years. He was also convicted of contempt of court for insulting a judge in a previous trial, ordered to pay about 11,000 U.S. dollars in fines. And he was, I mean, this is, remember, Alex was poisoned. Uh, Putin had tried to have him killed. He's lucky to be alive. And yet now they're just letting him rot in prison and be able for all of us to report on it. I guess that's Vlad's way of saying, yeah, well, if you don't die when I first try uh, try to kill you, I'm just going to throw you in prison. Okay. And you can go ahead and rot there. Got it, Alexei? far as I know, we are still in a pandemic. So we actually do have some, uh, you know, some COVID news. Uh, this is going to shock you. Moderna said it's COVID-19 vaccine worked safely for children aged six months to five years. It will apply for authorization in the U S and Europe in the coming weeks. Right. I know. I told you, you'd be surprised and, uh, you know, uplifted by news like of that. Uh, we know that, uh, Hillary Clinton, test positive for COVID-19. Uh, she's fine. She says uh, she thanks the vaccine for, um, I guess, keeping the symptoms light. And she's fine. Bill is tested negative. I mean, they don't even go in the same room. I bet I'm surprised they still technically live in the same house, but uh, there's no way he gets it from her. <laughs> we know Jen Psaki has just uh, tested positive for COVID. She is not with our president on his European trip. Uh, she's been vaccinated three times, just like Hillary in accordance with white house protocol. And she wore a mask, uh, I think, uh, up until last month. So she'll, you know, possibly be blaming on that, but she's gotten it twice in the last 140 days. Wow. Uh, so, you know, she says that she's fully vaccinated and she's, you know, she's young and she's feeling, uh, you know, okay. So light symptoms, so good for her. Hope everything works out for you, Jen. I know you want to get back to Peter just as soon as you possibly can. I know the airline CEOs, you know them, you love them. Uh, Alaska Air Group, American Airlines, Atlas Air Worldwide, Delta Airlines, FedEx Express, Hawaiian Airlines, JetBlue Airways, Southwest Airlines, United Airlines Holding, Uh, UPS Airlines and Airlines for America have all written a letter to the Biden administration to the Honorable Joseph R. Biden Jr., President of the United States, the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C., 20500. Dear Mr. President, I don't even know if he's seen it yet. 
right? I mean, he hasn't even been at the office. So they all signed it. And they're asking President Biden to drop the mask mandate. Uh, yeah, that's gonna that's an issue. The airlines, uh, you know, are that's a lot of a lot of problems for them in uh, the past couple of years. So okay, our industry has leaned into science at every turn. At the outset, we voluntarily implemented policies and procedures mandating face covering, requiring passengers of health acknowledgments and contact tracing information, and enhancing cleaning protocols. Yeah. However, much has changed since these measures were imposed and they no longer make sense in the current public health context. The uh, persistent and steady decline of hospitalizations and death rates are the most compelling indicators that our country is well protected against severe disease from COVID-19, given that we have entered a different phase of dealing with the virus. We strongly support your view that COVID-19 need no longer control our lives. Now is the time for the administration to sunset federal transportation travel restrictions, including the international pre-departure testing requirement for the federal mask mandates. They're no longer aligned with the realities of the current epidemiological environment. Yeah, no kidding. So do you think that's going to happen? Not a chance. But it's a nice letter. Good for them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I see where, I mean, it, the uh, New York, it's being reported that uh, the mayor is going to announce today, if you're listening live, the 24th of March, 2022, that he's going to announce that uh, athletes and performers do not need shots. And so you don't have to, you can go to work. You can go to work under the city's vaccine mandate for private workers. All right. So that means that, uh, you know, Kylie Irvin and uh, all the unvaccinated baseball and other basketball players will be able to play home games in New York. All right. Uh, it's gonna, he's going to make it effective immediately. So the Kylie Irving, uh, they'll say that he's a baseball fan because of uh, uh, the interview last week. But I think Kylie Irving was the tipping point when he showed how embarrassingly stupid these mandates were when he couldn't play for his team, but he could be in the audience and watch his team. It was just dumb. Well, as long as we're talking about uh, COVID and the possibilities from it, we might as well talk about who died today. Who died today? Madeleine Albright, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, dies at 84 years of age. She was the first female U.S. Secretary of State and she died uh, from cancer. The cause was cancer. That's what the family said in a statement. She was 84 years of age, so absolutely nothing to do with COVID. Although, uh, another person in our Who Died Today segment, uh, Steve Wilhite, uh, the GIF inventor, not the peanut butter, but the computer GIFs, uh, he died from complications from COVID-19. Incredible. He was 74 years of age. He came came on suddenly. He woke up one morning. He said, honey, I don't feel good. I don't feel good at all. He was running a fever, throwing up so badly. And then the next day he started coughing badly. And he was at home when he got a call from the hospital last Monday telling her she needed to get there. And he then... Uh, after she she arrived, he passed away 
very sad. But remember that it is Jif, okay? Not GIF, okay? He is the inventor. He said in 2013, there's no hard G. It is pronounced Jif like the peanut butter. So there, take that. Steve Wilhite, dead at the age of 74. And we have another one, a three, a three-er, a three, triple, triplet. Yeah, three of them. Uh, who died today? Hank Williams Jr.'s wife, Mary Jane Thomas, died in Jupiter, Florida. She reportedly suffered complications from a blood clot after a medical procedure. Um, okay. I mean, she married Williams in 1990. She was 58. Uh, Hank is in his 70s, so oh, you do the math. Anyway, the Jupiter Police Department down in Florida, they were at the Jupiter Beach Ris- Resort and Spa, and she was rushed to a nearby hospital where she was pronounced dead. The death does not appear suspicious. And, of course, the family wishes for their privacy to be respected at this time. So, Mary Jane Thomas wife of Hank Williams Jr., dead at 58 years of age. Rest in peace, all. That concludes our Who Died Today segment on CTF. We are right in the middle of March Madness, too. Don't forget uh, don't forget that. So we're at the Sweet 16 point. Um, the games start today, if you're listening live, on the 24th of March, 2022. And there are, uh, there are four more Sweet 16 games tomorrow. And then you can follow the bracket, and it'll take you through the next few days. And then we get to, uh, you know, the Final Four. I'm sorry, the Elite Eight. And then the Final Four. Yay! So the final four is uh, on April 2nd through the 4th to find out the national champions uh, for the men's NCAA Division I basketball championship. You could print them out. I don't know how many brackets are left. I mean, you have uh, Gonzaga, Arkansas, Villanova, Michigan, Duke, Texas Tech, Arizona, Houston, Purdue, St. Peter's, Kansas versus Providence, UCL, UCLA, North Carolina, Miami, Iowa State. Those are your Sweet 16 games and teams. I don't know if there's any brackets left. I mean, everybody fills out their brackets hoping to get the perfect, you know, the perfect bracket. I feel like uh, there were some games already this year that threw everybody's bracket off kilter. I know the odds of winning, of, of filling out a perfect bracket, based on a 50-50 shot of each game is 1 in 9 quintillion, 223 quadrillion, 372 trillion, 36 billion, 854 million, 775,808. <laughs> so you got a shot. You got a shot. To fill out a perfect bracket. Not going to happen. 
but you got a shot. It's only, you know, nine quintillion, nine quintillion, 223 quadrillion. Why can't I say quintillion? No, it's not a morphophallus. It's one nine quintillion. I still can't say it. That quintillion, nine quintillion, 223 quadrillion, 372 trillion, 36 billion, 854 million, 775,000. 808 923-372-036-854-775-808. Those are your chances. One in that. <laughs> so, you know, good luck. Good luck. I feel like nobody is left, but it's possible. And uh, we're headed into the Sweet 16 today. Did you see the global recorded music market? surged 18.5% in 2021. $25.9 billion in revenue in 2021. Incredible. BTS was the top global artist. And in 2022, Lollapalooza is back. Speaking of recording artists and making a bunch of money, uh, tickets are on sale now for Lollapalooza. Yay! You can get a four-day general admission starting at $350 with varying ticket and package options for a sale at higher price points, of course. Lollapalooza is going to... Lollapalooza. It's Lollapalooza! It's going to feature nine festival stages and more than 170 acts. Incredible. You know, we're, we're out of the pandemic. This is happening in Chicago, I don't know if you have to be 100% vaccinated or wear a mask or anything, but they're going to have local 30 local vendors are going to be available during the festival hours, uh, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. The Kidapalooza Interactive Music Playground is also set to return. Uh, the installation will feature a secondary daily lineup of family-friendly performances, music and dance workshops, and more kid-friendly activities. Children under age 10 years old and under... Get in free with a ticketed adult. Yay! So, Lollapalooza. July 28th through the 31st, 2022, Grant Park, Chicago, Metallica, Dua Lipa, J. Cole, Green Day, Doja Cat, Machine Gun Kelly, Lil Baby, Kygo, and a whole bunch more like... Uh, 170 of them. And uh, special guest, Jane's Addiction. So, have fun at Lollapalooza 2022. I don't even know if you'll need an ID to get into Lollapalooza or to buy tickets. I'm not sure. I see where Apple has now made uh, Arizona the first state to add IDs uh, to driver's license to their devices. Okay. Great. I'm, you know, I, I want that to happen. And if you had your ID on your phone, a picture of your of your driver's license and your insurance on your phone, I would venture to bet that no matter where you're at, the police officer is going to go ahead and take that as you know, legal identification. I feel like that's always, you know, that that's the case now. But you got to think about privacy too. I get, you know, Apple is really good, but is anything private anymore i i don't know i mean i talked earlier about possibly you know okay tiktok but we've heard all the news about uh 
you know, TikTok and privacy issues with the, you know, the Chinese company that owns it. And then I see a story that talks about uh, a China-linked group hacks cow monitoring app. (laughs) Now, is that a big deal? Well, kind of. A group of hackers aligned with the Chinese government known as APT-41, APT-41, or Double Dragon, has infiltrated computer networks of six U.S. state governments on a recent hacking spree. They gained access in part by exploiting vulnerabilities in an app that tracks cows. Uh, Really? That's how they did it? So the intelligence experts at uh, Mandiant say that the hackers broke in using a zero day in internet facing incidents of the U.S. Animal Health Emergency Reporting Diagnostic System or USA Herds. Mandiant notes that the vulnerability in USA Herds bore strong similarities to the one that affected Microsoft Exchange Server, which was also exploited by Apt 41. So there are 18 states that utilize USA Herds to monitor livestock, but only six were breached. So they don't know whether, you know, this was just, uh, hey, they were just in checking it out, see what's happening, or if it's going to be, you know, further penetration. So they're investigating and we're going to find out whether, you know, what, why, where the goal, what the goal of apt 41 is. Their goal is to get in and nose around and see if they can get in. That's what it is. Duh. One of the other discoveries is that uh, the new version of apt 41's key plug malware is a highly module backdoor key plug in advance that provides the group with multiple ways to communicate with a control compromise systems. Okay. Uh, sounds fun. I, that's what makes me think maybe I, you know, we need to be concerned a little bit of safety issues. These Chinese uh, hackers are getting in and how are these Chinese hackers getting into our system? By the way, uh, have we let them in through TikTok? Does USA herds post TikTok videos of the cows they're tracking? I bet it does. And it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, I realize that. It, what about Instagram and Apple and Facebook and Twitter? I know. That's my point. There's nothing really, really safe as far as you consider, uh, you know, you're safe from hacking and your information getting out there. No, not so fast. We can't even have a cow tracking app without it getting hacked. So maybe you feel better that, hey, they're just, you know, hacking the cows and they're not hacking the humans. Right. Sure. And plus, I'm supposed to feel better, Jeff. It was only six of them, six of the 18. So a quarter of the systems that are part of USA Herds, the uh, U.S. Animal Health Emergency Reporting Diagnostic System app. (laughs) So we're, we're okay with just a quarter of it, you know, getting hacked. And we don't know why. We don't know how long they were there. But, you know, they were in there just snooping around. Do you think that they honestly care about where the cows go? No, it's important to get into the, the these these systems run by the United States of America, whether it be states or federal. So, all right, fine, whatever. Good luck. God bless. Your stuff is safe. Don't worry about it. 
So I thought of, oh, I thought we were getting robots, uh, robotic hands and arms and feet and legs and eyes, and we were all going to turn into the $60 million man. It used to be $6 million man. Doot, 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 doot. But it's not that, I mean, with inflation, you know. But I see where a UK woman has got like this giant shark hand now. They saved her life, actually, which is tremendous. So 34-year-old Sadie Kemp. Uh, said that she was rushed to the hospital on Christmas Day. Christmas Day? She's been in the hospital since. Uh, experiencing intense pain in her kidney. Doctors immediately admitted her, determined she was suffering from sepsis, in addition to having uh, been diagnosed with kidney stones. Rushed into surgery after doctors realized that the sepsis, the sepsis had spread, I can't even speak words today, that sepsis had spread to two of Kim's limbs and placed her into an 11-day coma. Wait, what? Yeah, we were going to put you in a coma. Oh, okay. Then, while she was in a coma, they were forced to amputate all of the fingers on her left hand. And they later sewed her hand inside a pouch in her abdomen in order to maintain blood circulation. Okay. So then she says, I wasn't aware my hand was going to look like a shark's head till it had actually been released from my abdomen. <laughs> I looked at it for the first time and I moved and I moved what was my left thumb and I was just like, wow, it looks like a shark. I lost a lot through sepsis, sepsis, my limbs, a relationship, independence. I just don't want it happening to as many people as it does happen to. Wow, and she's made a viral TikTok having debuted her new claw-like hand as a novelty. Um, so, okay, she was, uh, you know, I don't want to play it for you because she was, you know, moving her hand, the shark hand around to Baby Shark Song, and I can't get that in my head. It's bad enough I even said it out loud. But now, I mean, she's in pretty good spirits. Because they say they're going to have to amputate her other hand and both her legs below the knees due to the infection. Wow. So GoFundMe page has been set up to benefit uh, camp and it's already had $41,000 to help defray some of the costs. Yeah, she's going to have a huge cost and she's going to be fitted for prosthetics. Wow. She's in good spirits, though. She's creating TikTok videos with the shark hand. Maybe it hasn't hit her yet, but that's just terrible. We're, it's a, it's a modern-day miracle that they're saving the, the one hand like that after they had gotten rid of the fingers from the sepsis, but they're still now having to do the other side and her limbs. Wow. Just sad. Where are the robotic arms and legs? Where are they at? Let's get them. She needs them. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.